Let's pray. Lord, as we focus on the Word right now, I pray that you would cause it to come alive to us. Holy Spirit, would you minister the Word to us? Use me as a vessel, I pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. By the way, welcome to anybody that's visiting with us here today. May you feel especially blessed. Please uh, turn with me to John chapter 4 and verse 24. John chapter 4 and verse 24. The title of this message is Developing Your Spirit Life. If you're making notes, you can jot that down. Developing Your Spirit Life. Maybe a subtitle could be How to Move from the soul realm to the spirit realm. As an introduction, let's have a look at John chapter 4 and verse 24. It is probably a scripture that you know well. Let's have a look at it with fresh eyes today. And it says, God is spirit. Would you say the word spirit? Let's stop there for a moment. God is is spirit. God is spirit. God is not flesh, although Jesus came and became flesh. Essentially, God is spirit. And those who worship him must worship in Spirit and truth. This actually says to me that you can worship in another way. You can worship in a way that's maybe not in spirit and in truth. Because Jesus is speaking here, it's, he's witnessing to the woman at the well, and he's saying, there's a certain kind of worship I'm looking for, and it's when you worship in spirit and in truth, that's the way you do it. And I believe that there is another way of worshiping, and it is from the soul realm. It is from the realm of your soul, it's from the realm of your mind. You know, I've had the privilege, a tremendous privilege, of leading worship, leading God's people in worship for a good few years now. And it's one of the greatest joys. I love leading people in worship. But there is the necessity of experiencing the Spirit of God and connecting from our spirit with the Holy Spirit. It is so necessary. And to me, sometimes I can be leading worship. And by the way, my eyes sometimes are, are going around as I'm leading worship and because I like to stay in touch with where the congregation is at. Because essentially, worship leading is like shepherding. It's like trying to bring the flock of the Lord all into the presence of God. And sometimes as I'm watching, I notice people that have a total disconnect in their worship. You can just pick up that they are singing as in, it could just as well be a, a Christian concert, or it could just as well be uh, a good old sing-song, singing carols, and so on. But then you see other people. They have realized something about the realm of the Spirit. 
They have learned how to develop their spirit life. And when they worship, it's altogether different. The focus is not so much on the words they sing or what's going on in their mind, but the focus is on their spirit connecting with the Holy Spirit. If God is spirit, and if we want to know Him more, we have to connect with Him on a spiritual level. Does anybody agree with that? God is spirit. Those who worship must worship in spirit and in truth. We've been focusing of late uh, on communion with God. That's something I believe that every one of us longs for. A greater level of communion with God. It's not going to happen through your intellect, sir, man. It's going to happen through you building your spirit man and getting your spirit to connect with the Holy Spirit. And, uh, just an example which I referred to the other day. The scripture says the Spirit himself bears witness with your spirit that you're a child of God. Looking at that scripture from another point of view, there's a revelation that comes to the spirit of man. And that revelation is this, that you're a child of God. But it comes by the Spirit to your spirit. But yet this is such an underdeveloped part of our lives. But we can develop it. We can grow it. The Spirit bears witness with your spirit. The Holy Spirit wants to be in communication with your spirit. <laughs> and this is not something strange. This is something beautiful from the Word of God. It's the way God has planned it. Five aspects I want to touch on this morning. Number one, authentic biblical Christianity should flow from deep within our spirits. I didn't say weird Christianity. I didn't say mystical Christianity. I said authentic, biblical Christianity should flow from deep within our spirits. In other words, our spirit connecting with the Holy Spirit. There's a verse of Scripture in Psalms that says, Deep calls to deep. Oftentimes I thought, well, what on earth does that scripture mean? I remember hearing Benny Hinn speak about that scripture. And he was basically saying that it's when you really engage in God in a spiritual way that the deep things within you connect with the deep things in God. Deep calls to deep. Your spirit comes into communion with the Holy Spirit. Now, just to recap on something we said about three weeks ago, and it's this, that the Western mindset and traditional Christianity places far too much emphasis on the mind. It places emphasis on rationalism. And you and I have grown up in an environment where the mind is very much emphasized. But the spirit is probably hardly emphasized. But yet God created us to be body, soul, and spirit. An example of mind-based Christianity is, if you think of the theological institutions of recent history, the places that train ministers for the gospel, some of these big universities all over the world that are theological institutions, 
in these institutions, the pursuit of academics is the foremost. It's right up there. It is the main focus. Academic pursuit in theological institutions. Whereas very little emphasis is placed on the Spirit and developing and growing the Spirit. And you know the funny thing is, the graduates from these universities are supposed to lead the body of Christ into greater depths of Jesus Christ. How can that be if somebody is purely trained in the intellectual realm that you are going to really take people into the greater depths of Jesus Christ without the spiritual connection? And in some of these institutions, it's even frowned upon to be spiritual. But it's exalted to be intellectual. It's exalted to be uh, arguing about theology and the end times and the tribulation and all these different things. It's, it's exalted to focus on that. But meanwhile, the entire world is crying out for spiritual needs to be met. That can only be met through the person of Jesus Christ. I mentioned last week about Michael Jackson, and evidently Andre and Sandra Crouch, wonderful believers, had prayed with him about three weeks before he passed away. And he didn't pray a sinner's prayer, but they prayed with him nonetheless. But they, he evidently asked them a question. He said, how do I make my music more spiritual? Andre and Sandra Crouch, they've been used for many years to write Christian worship songs, and one of them, one of my favorites is Jesus is the answer for the world today. Above him there's no other because Jesus is the way. How many of you know that song, Jesus is the answer? It's a beautiful song. But so, yeah, he was asking them, how do I make my music more spiritual? I believe if that actually did take place, and if the information I got is correct, I believe it's very true that the world is crying out for spiritual needs to be met and the reality is, number one, authentic biblical Christianity flows from deep within our spirits. Our walk with God should be a spiritual walk with God. Number two, our spiritual life, our spiritual life begins with the miracle of rebirth. We are made alive to God. The Bible says in John 3 verse 3, it says you must be born again. Say the word must with, you, with me, will you? Must. You must be born again. Interesting, I discovered that some people don't like that word. They don't like to be told, you must. My parents-in-law, they live in Australia, and they've been there for about 12 years. When they initially moved to Australia... They bought a 4x4, they bought an old caravan, a sturdy one, and they toured the perimeter of Australia, just having a dream adventure of a lifetime. And They would go from one caravan park to the next, to the next, to the next, and just have a terrific time. And At one caravan park, there was a couple of people that were in this park. It was quite a remote area. But uh, nearby, a little fire began to develop and began to blow towards the caravan park. And so my father-in-law, Victor, he went and ran up to uh, a guy who was sitting in his tent because he saw that the fire was coming a little bit close to this car. He went up to him and he said, listen, 
You must move your car. You must move your car. And the guy said to him, I must nothing. <laughs> I must nothing. And then later on they realized in Australia you don't actually use the word must. It's kind of a social no-no. You don't say must. But I want to tell you, Jesus said to Nicodemus, you must be born again. You must be born again. Ephesians 2 verse 4 to 5 says, But God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. Being born again, being born from the Spirit, being born from above, the rebirth is all about being made alive to God. Now, our spirits, before we became born again, were not totally dead. Dormant, yes, but not totally dead because our spirits could still have contact with the spirit world. That's why many people who are unsaved get into demonic strongholds as they do things related to the occult and strongholds come in their lives because although their spirit is dormant in a sense, it's not totally dead, but it is dead to God. But then the Spirit of God comes and recreates our spirit or puts in a new spirit, whichever way you want to say it, and He makes us alive to God. We're talking about developing our spirit life. And one of the things we have to realize that if you want to develop your spirit life, you need to know for sure that you're born again. That you are born again. That you are alive, alive to God. Number three. In addition to making us spiritually alive, God even places His very Spirit within us. That's the reality of our spiritual makeup. That's amazing, folks. That God actually places His very Spirit within us. Please turn to Ezekiel chapter 36. It's a lovely scripture. In Ezekiel 36 verse 26 to 27. Ezekiel 36 verse 26. Now this is the prophetic word of the future of the saints becoming born again. It says here, God says, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. Let's stop there just for a moment. Why is it important for us to have a new spirit within us? Because God is spirit. Because we connect with Him spiritually. Because He's looking for worshippers who will worship in spirit. And unless God could bring this about, we would not be able to worship like He wants us to. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I will take the heart of, uh, the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and you will keep my judgments and do them. 
When I read a scripture verse like this, I think to myself, what an awesome God we serve. That He would even bestow on us this wonderful privilege that He would say this, I will put my spirit within you. Now somebody might say, well, aren't our bodies the temple of the Holy Spirit? Well, yes, our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit, but God's Spirit is united with our spirit in our bodies. And so, yes, the Spirit of God lives in our bodies, so to speak. But more importantly, the Spirit of God comes to take up residence within the spirit of man. Because he says, I will give you a new spirit. And then immediately he says, I will put my spirit within you. First, he says, I give you a new spirit. Second, he says, I put my spirit within you. In other words, by deduction, it's logical to say that he had to put the spirit within us so that he could find a place to put his spirit. The spirit of God within your spirit. 1 Corinthians 3.16 Or do you not know that you are the temple of God? and that the Spirit of God dwells in you. Another scripture, Romans 8 verse 9 to 10 says, But you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God dwells within you. And if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit is life because of righteousness. You know, I think... In, in my opinion, I might be wrong, I might be wrong, but I think that this aspect of the Spirit of God being within us is something that many charismatic Christians have not come to fully appreciate. Maybe we should actually put up this phrase at a couple of places in our home saying, the Holy Spirit lives within me. Oftentimes we think, well, I will go to a meeting and there I will meet the Holy Spirit. Yes, in a corporate sense, the anointing of God comes in a beautiful way and it helps us to, to realize the spiritual realm, but actually the kingdom of God is within. The Spirit of God is within you. And I believe that God wants every single one of us here to realize this in a greater way. And not always think outside, but think of the fact that he said, I will put my spirit within you. A person who has the spirit of God within them must be a powerful person in God. Although you might be learning to develop your spirit life, if the spirit of God is within us, that is almost... Too indescribable for words. Number four of five aspects that we're looking at this morning. Number four, the reason for the Holy Spirit's indwelling is to lead and direct us towards life. We need the control of the Holy Spirit in our lives. We need the direction of the Holy Spirit in our lives. You might say, John, so are we meant to invite the Holy Spirit to take up residence if he hasn't already done so, so that he can come and control 
Yes. But you know what? When you give over and yield to the control of the Holy Spirit, it is the most beautiful thing that you can do. It is the most life-giving thing that you can do because He will direct you towards life. He will direct you towards the best. He will direct you towards peace. And so, generally, control is not a good word. But when it comes to the Spirit's control, that's a good word. How many of you agree with me? We need the direction of the Holy Spirit. The verse of Scripture, Romans 8, verse 5 to 6 says, For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Go back to the illustration I gave you just now of the theological institutions. Maybe that could be a little bit similar to being carnally minded because at the end of the day you've got a bunch of dead theologians with a form of godliness but the power of God is not in reality in their lives. But then you get another type of person that is spiritually minded and they experience life and peace, it says. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. So we have a choice to be made. A choice to make. The control by ourselves and our own intellect or allowing God to be a dynamic influence in our lives. And the wonderful thing is He directs us towards life. He directs us towards peace. There's many people here today you can testify of how you are experiencing abundance in your life. Your spiritual walk with God is like a beautiful, well-watered garden. Your life brings forth fruit in so many areas, and you just love being in love with God. You love walking with the Holy Spirit. There's many, many people that can testify to that. The last aspect, number five, we need to exercise and develop our spirit man. I'd like to suggest to you that if we could if we could cut us into three body, soul and spirit, maybe the spirit side would not look so well developed. The body might be well developed, maybe a little overweight, maybe a little underweight, maybe impressive muscles. Your emotional side your soul realm might be well developed, but I think that we can grow in the area of the spirit man. God wants us to grow in this area. It was said of John the Baptist that he became strong in spirit. Isn't that interesting? That's Luke 1 verse 80. John the Baptist became strong in spirit. That's interesting that it can be said of somebody that they became strong in spirit. And I believe that it's exactly that that God wants to do. He wants to make us strong in spirit. And I believe that speaks of a person who has a well-developed spirit life. I, I remember on, on a few instances, I've been in a church environment, a, a church meeting or a pastor's meeting, and there would be one person that gets up and speaks, and a little bit later there's another person that gets up and speaks. And the first person 
let's say that this person was very good at speaking and communicating and very dynamic and so on, and, and probably people were very impressed with him. I can remember this happening on a few occasions, and then that person sits down and another person gets up to speak. And they might not be as fancy with their words or as dynamic or have as many good jokes or something like that. But you pick up that this person is strong in spirit. You pick up that this person is spiritually alive to God. You realize that the anointing of God is on this person's life. It's as though they've got a hotline to heaven. (laughs) I don't want to be the kind of person that has got it all together in the soul realm and the personality is just like, wow, he's so impressive. No, no, no. I want it rather to be said that he operates under the anointing of the Spirit of God. And that's what it means to be strong in the Spirit where we are aware of the spiritual realm, where the anointing of the Spirit of God operates in our lives. Now, I want to end up by giving a couple of practical ways, practical ways, in which to build your spirit man, to build your spirit life. One of the ways which is, I I believe, it's probably one of the best ways of developing your spirit man is by speaking in your heavenly language. Speaking in tongues. Does anybody agree with me? For those of you who have not yet experienced this, get to somebody who will pray for you and lay their hands on you who already has this gift of experiencing not only the baptism, but also the gift of speaking in other tongues. Get to experience that. Let them pray for you, lay on hands, and begin to trust God for your mouth to come open and begin to speak. Before the time uh, in the worship team prayer meeting, we were praying for people here today that their tongue would be released and that they would begin to speak in their heavenly language. It's one of the best ways in which you can build your spirit man. The Bible says that we become edified when we speak in an unknown tongue. Why is that? It's because our spirit realm connects with God and receives the power of the Spirit of God into our spirit man, and we grow, we increase when we pray in the Spirit. But here's a key. Don't just rattle off your tongue. Have you been next to some of these people, and they start praying in tongues, and it sounds like, you know, it sounds like one of these crested barbets in a tree. And they go, and I've, but you know, Rather kick out of this into uh, communicating with the Spirit of God, talking to Jesus in your heavenly language. I once uh, attended a prayer meeting in a church down in the western area of the city, let's say. And they pray before the time, but it's one of these church churches where they swing from the chandeliers. They don't actually have chandeliers, but it's one of those type of churches. And I was due to preach there, and it's a shame, there was about 16 people in the church, and I'm, I'm, I'm sure three of them were busy having CPR before the service, because it was really a dead church. But boy, oh boy, you get into that prayer meeting before the time, and there's one or two old women in the church, and they start to pray. 
And it, but it didn't seem to me like they were really connecting with God. It's important that you don't rattle it off like a machine gun, but you connect and you communicate in this language. It's a language. It's not a drum pattern. It's a language. Another way of building your spirit man is by the act of being filled with the Spirit. I'm not talking about the baptism in the Holy Spirit. I'm talking when you actually come before God and you say, God, fill me now, I pray. Holy Spirit, would you fill me now? And then you begin to receive. You begin to drink in. That is one of the most beautiful ways of building your spirit man. When you actually just allow Him to fill you. The Bible says we should be filled with the Holy Spirit. Another way of building your spirit man is by praying. Not religiously, but in a spirit-minded manner. You know, I believe that for some of you that have been serving the Lord for a number of years, probably one of the worst things is that list that you have to go through all the time. That prayer list, and you have to pray through that prayer list because you know you feel condemned if you haven't prayed through that list. You know what? For some of you, the best thing would be to rip up that list. And as you pray before the Lord, you just say, okay, God, I'm not going to go through one family member at a time. I'm not just going to pray for my family. And then you allow, Holy Spirit, who should I pray for? Maybe God just directs two or three of your broader family members and you just pray for them. Instead of going through it routinely, but as you begin to pray in a spirit-minded manner, your spirit grows, and you're not busy with an, in, uh, an exercise of the intellect. Another way of growing in your spirit realm is by a steady intake of the Word of God. Yes, the Word of God. Man shall not live by bread alone, but we live even by the Word of God. This is not talking physical life being sustained. This is talking about spiritual life being sustained by the Word of God. Another way of growing your spirit, man, is by being still before the Lord. When you're still before the Lord, you become aware of God who is spirit, and your spirit capacity begins to increase. Another way of growing your spirit, man, there's two or three more, is this, by exercising the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And I believe there's some people today, you need to take that gift of yours, you need to blow the dust off, and you need to get into an environment where you can release the gift of the Holy Spirit, the gifts. One of the best places to do that is within the context of a life group, a home cell, a Bible study, whatever. That's one of the best places to do it. And as you begin to step out and release that gift, your spirit is stirred. Your spirit comes alive. On Friday, I had uh, two gentlemen come and see me. Uh, one is a leader and the other one's a pastor, African pastor. And they came and, and uh, asked me to pray with them in my office. And so we chatted and 
shared together. And then at one stage, I got on my knees before them, and uh, I took both of their hands, and I began to pray. And the moment I began to pray, the Lord began to stir something in my spirit, and I began to speak prophetically over this guy's life. And I said, I see this, and I see that, and I see the next thing, and God's going to take you into this, and I see God working in your family in this way, and with your wife, and you and your wife, and all these different things. And, and as I was praying, I was getting excited. I was getting excited. This is, this is great. And you know, when they walked out of there, I felt blessed. I felt more alive to God than when they had come in. Because when you have the gifts and step out in the gifts of the Holy Spirit, prophecy or a word of knowledge or tongues or these things, it enlarges your spiritual capacity. Another way of growing your spirit man is by soaking in the Spirit. During the time of 94 and onwards, many of us learned of how to marinate in the presence of the Lord. Many of us learned how to soak in the presence of the Lord. Maybe that's much like being still before the Lord. As you do that, it's a wonderful way of growing your spirit. Two more ways of growing your spirit is by worshipping. Not from your head, but from your heart. Not from your mind, but from your spirit. I tell you what, if in the times of worship that we have yet together as a congregation, if you will just, even in those times, just give yourself over to the Spirit of God, you will begin to take on a new level spiritually. It's one of the ways in which you can grow your spirit, man. Another way in which you can grow your spirit, man, this one I really like, is by actually opening your spiritual eyes and looking into the spirit realm. We see this happening a number of times in the Bible. And John says how he was in the spirit and he began to see things and he wrote down this which became revelation, became ultimately the word of God. Sometimes we actually need to look and open our spiritual eyes. The Bible speaks of us, the eyes of your heart being enlightened. Another translation says, may the eyes of your heart be flooded with light. And a, a, a person that I know that has a prophetic ministry, he said to me the following thing. He said, John, here's a key to the spiritual realm. He said, when you're in a meeting, when you're in a church service like this, you begin to look with the eyes of your heart for Jesus. You begin to open your spiritual eyes and say, Lord Jesus, what are you doing here today? What are you busy with? Holy Spirit, reveal to me what's happening in this service. And you know what? As you open your spiritual eyes, you begin to see things. Maybe God makes you aware that today, he is binding up the broken hearted. Or maybe God says to you, there's people in one section of the auditorium and I'm just pouring out my healing upon them. You might sense the Lord does this or says that. Or maybe you get a, a vision, a picture of spiritual rain falling. This is one of the ways in which you can develop your spirit man. By actually opening your eyes and looking into the spirit realm. 
We've been speaking about developing your spirit life. Number one, authentic biblical Christianity should flow from deep within our spirits. Number two, our spiritual life begins with the miracle of rebirth. We're made alive to God. Three, in addition to making us spiritually alive, God even places His very Spirit within us. Number four, the reason for the Holy Spirit's indwelling is to lead and direct us towards life. And number five, we need to exercise and develop our spirit man. May I invite you to stand with me right now, please? This, as we go into a time of worship right now, this is the time to let your spirit grow. This is the time to let your spirits connect with the Holy Spirit. Why don't you just begin to just lift your hands. Just begin to lift your hands all across the auditorium. Why? Because we're adoring the King of Kings. Because we're adoring the Most High God. Because we're in love with Jesus. Because His love for us is so great. Because His faithfulness is from generation to generation. I want to ask that you just begin to let words of thanks come out of your mouth right now. Wouldn't you do that? Just begin to thank the Lord. Begin to bless Him. Begin to thank Him for His faithfulness, for His goodness in your life. Just begin to bless the Lord right now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We just bless you. We say, blessed be the name of the Lord in this place. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Holy Spirit, Thou art welcome in this place. Holy Spirit, Thou art welcome in this place.
Jesus, I pray a prayer of the outpouring of the Spirit upon every one of us here today. I pray, dear God, that the fire of the Holy Spirit would fall upon us. We ask, we are hungry, we are longing, I ask, we pray together for the fire of the Holy Spirit to come upon us in the name of Jesus. The fire of God, the power of the Holy Spirit to fall upon us, for we are hungry, Lord. And do it for Jesus Christ's sake. Do it for the sake of your kingdom, Lord. And I speak of every one of here, every one of you here. Be filled with the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. Drinking of the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. Be filled in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. We declare open heavens to be in existence over this place. We declare every hindrance of the enemy to be gone from this place. And we declare that this is a zone of God. This is a zone of the Spirit of God. This is a zone of the fire of God. This is an upper room. This is an upper room. Sempre a noi, sempre che ne ne assoluto, sempre a noi, 
Just worship Him in your heavenly language. If you don't have a heavenly language, just worship Him in your language.
Jesus, with the keyboard jinking. 